0: Please subscribe and leave a review of Dorky wherever you get your podcasts. Also, you can support the pod if you'd like. You can use PayPal or buy me a coffee. There are links to both methods on Dorky's website and in the show notes of this episode. Thank you so much. Before the episode, let me tell you about an amazing online boutique that I just know you're going to love. SAVE Boutique is a great place for clothes, accessories, and shoes. One of the great things about SAVE is that it's size-inclusive. Most items SAVE offers are available in sizes from small to 3x, and they're looking into ways to offer even more sizing options. They also drop new items every week, so there's always new things to choose from. They even offer three buy now, pay later options, ShopPay, Klarna, and Afterpay. One last thing, they're offering a discount to DoorKey listeners. Just enter the code DOORKey, that's D-O-O-R-K-E-Y, all caps, no spaces, for a 10% discount. I even put a link to Safe Boutique in the description notes of this episode that will take you directly there and automatically apply the discount. So check out the amazing clothes, accessories, and shoes Safe Boutique has to offer. You'll be so glad you did. Hello, this is Door Key. I'm your host, April. This is a podcast about history. I'm going to be discussing events, people, and sometimes just random things from history that interest me and are important. I am absolutely not an expert or historian. I'm just a dork who spends a lot of time watching, reading, listening to anything I can get my hands on about history and I want to talk about it. I think a lot can be learned from looking into the past and I'd like to share what I've learned, and I hope you enjoy it. This is a very special episode where the very inspirational Donna Rubin and I talk about women's history and the place of women's speech in history during Women's History Month. Donna is an advocate for women's speech And, as you'll learn during our conversation, has a website, speakingwhilefemale.co, where she has curated speeches given by women throughout history and the world. She has also released a book titled Speaking While Female, 75 Extraordinary Speeches by American Women that you can find at her website, which is speakingwhilefemale.co. In full transparency, I have to admit that I was so excited and nervous when introducing Donna that it wasn't until I listened back to our conversation that I realized I somehow failed to mention her book, Speaking While Female, 75 Extraordinary Speeches by American Women, while introducing her. So I wanted to try to make up for that fact by making a point to mention it here and to encourage you all to buy Donna's amazing book, Speaking While Female, 75 Extraordinary Speeches by American Women. Hello, March is Women's History Month and I'm going to be talking to an incredible woman today. Her name is Donna Rubin and I'm so excited. Donna is a consultant and speaker who is committed to women's speech, voice and thought leadership. She created the Speaking While Female Speech Bank which is an incredible database of speeches given by women throughout the world and throughout history. She's also a speech consultant. Her consultancy is Speech Studio, where she helps organizations develop their diverse talent and underrepresented voices to become recognized experts and role models for others coming up behind them. She's worked with professionals at all career levels in the corporate, public, and nonprofit sectors, and she's written speeches for high-profile leaders in corporate and public life. She's also a judge for the Cicero Speech Writing Awards, which recognizes outstanding contemporary speeches and speechwriters from around the world. She's also an award-winning journalist for publications like Texas Monthly, Reader's Digest, Institutional Investor, The Independent on Sunday, and others. All that, and she still managed to find the time to come talk to me. I can't say how excited I am to talk to Donna about what she has going on. So after all of that, let's get into it. Hello,
1: Donna. That is a beautiful introduction. Thank you, April. I, I really appreciate it. Well, of course. So
0: I first wanted to ask you about that amazing infographic you made. It really blew my mind. It's such a great visual and really shows how underrepresented women are in history especially their speeches. So how long were you collecting books of speeches? How long did you spend compiling the data for the infograph? And how long did it take you to make it?
1: Oh, well, that is such a heartwarming question because honestly, April, most people don't mention the infographic, but it was a huge effort on my part. The reason I created it is because I wanted some semblance of hard data. It is very hard to make an assertion like, women's voices have been overlooked in history without supporting it somehow. I mean, how do you do a survey? How do you look at all the textbooks on American history and the textbooks on speech and debate, the textbooks on social studies and count up all the men or women speeches who were mentioned, it would be impossible. So what I decided to do was look in speech anthologies that is collections of speeches in English. And it's important to point out in English, because there are some collections of speeches in other languages, in Spanish and German and and other languages. But I decided for practical sake, just to look at English speeches. And by the way, I also decided not to include commencement speeches, because that just added a whole nother layer. So you won't find in my infographic um, anthologies of commencement speeches. But aside from that, I started looking at anthologies. The earliest one is from 1797. Right wow. through to, well, almost, almost the present. And these are collections that purport to represent or bring together and present um, the best of oratory, the best of thought thinking and ideas and language in the English language. Some of them, most of them were published in the United States, but a lot of them also were published in Commonwealth countries like the United Kingdom or in Ireland or in India. Some were published in the Philippines, other countries where English is also spoken. So I started buying them. A lot of them I bought on the internet. Some of them I got through interlibrary loan. So I didn't actually buy them, but most of them are stacked up in my living room. (laughs) Some of them I bought on Kindle. So I have digital versions, but I would buy them and then flip through the table of contents just to see how many men speeches are were in the book and how many women's just just wanted to see and what i started noticing was that overwhelmingly the speeches that have been lauded the speeches that have been celebrated the speeches that were purported to be the best of the speeches that made you know america the speeches that changed our nation the speeches that changed the world there were men men speakers all men speakers and if there were women there were always the same handful of women. It was always, if it include British women, uh, Elizabeth I, Queen Elizabeth I to her troops at Tilbury, or maybe a Helen Keller or Emmeline Pankhurst or Susan B. Anthony or, or Elizabeth Cady Stanton. But I mean, that's basically it. Maybe a Shirley Chisholm or I don't know, depending on how recent, you know, a Barbara Jordan. But essentially... It was as though women had been silent in history. The story that was told is women would have been silent in history. So I decided to put them all on an infographic. And that infographic is on my website, speakingwhilefemale.co. And so you can look at it. And as you said, at a glance, it tells the story. When you see all this navy blue boxes and no green in the boxes, and then you get down to the very, very bottom, I think there's 300 and something anthologies on there, and when you get to the very bottom and you see just a few of the, the green peeking out, you realize, oh my goodness, this is women's voices represented in by the publishing industry. Right. By, by the It's only one way to measure the impact. I mean, you could look at newspapers, for example, or as I said, textbooks, but that's just too hard. It's too large. So I just decided to limit it to anthology is a way to create some you know some some, some as hard a data as i could assemble well i think it's obvious how much work you put
0: into it and it really like i said it it blew my mind when i looked at it because it really illustrates how left out of history women are and you know you you've mentioned that typically men like winston churchill abraham lincoln and jfk are men who are often quoted and referred to as great speakers, which they are, I'm not taking that away from them, but women, sadly, aren't often mentioned in the same context. Right. I was wondering what women or women you would mention in place of those men,
1: if any. Well, as you know, I've just published a new anthology of American women's speeches with 75 speeches from the early mid 17th century to the present so i would replace those speeches with the 75 that are in my book but i do want to make a point about those men those men were all great statesmen they were leaders at the top they were legislators they were statesmen some of them were maybe they were constitutional experts martin luther king is another one he led a great reform movement Um, rfk robert Uh, Kennedy. Ronald Reagan was the president, Barack Obama, and also Frederick Douglass. He also led a great, of course, reform movement, the abolition movement. So they were at the top. But women at the bottom of society, women who didn't have the vote, women who didn't have positions of power, women who were working class, women who spoke about issues that were typically considered women's affairs, those women too had a voice those women too used their voice, they put their voice into the public sphere or the marketplace of ideas as we like to call it now, through speeches, through addresses and lectures, through testimony in court, sometimes before Congress, through eulogies or sermons from in a religious capacity, women were speaking and when they spoke, they reflected their lived experience. They reflected the world from women's point of view. So when you ask me which ones would substitute for those men, I I would put forth, first of all, all 75 women who are in my new anthology. The name of the book is Speaking While Female, 75 Extraordinary Speeches by American Women.
0: I love it. I just wanted to tell you a quick story that I think kind of illustrates a little bit of what we're talking about. Um. So I am a member of an organization, and one year I was what, it's not president, but for lack of a better word, we'll call it president. And it just so happened to be the same year that our chapter's 125th anniversary was to happen. So we were going to have a big celebration. And I'm such a history lover that I thought it would be a great opportunity for me to go through old minutes of meetings from the past 125 years and kind of draw out moments that I found that were interesting. And I'll never forget, this was, gosh, very, very late 1800s, very early 1900s. And the minutes talked about how a new member and her husband had joined and they wanted to know if the wife had anything that she would like to say. And in the minutes, it says something to the effect of she declined to speak, saying that her husband usually did most of the talking. And I remember reading that and just thinking to myself, oh, this poor lady can't even vote yet. You know, it just it really struck me that she was just like, no, I don't have anything to say. My right. husband does, you know, and th- this group is actually a women's group. <laughs> what a
1: great story. But you know, what's interesting about that is that we repeatedly hear that women speak more than men. Women are constantly being told they chatter too much, they gossip too much. In fact, studies show, even recent studies show that most men think women speak more than them. Most men think women speak more than they do, but in fact, women speak less than they do. So why is that? I don't know. I, I wish I knew. I wish I knew. <laughs> Well, I have a word for it, and it's not a very um, nice word, unfortunately, but it's misogyny. I think it's anti-woman. The belief that women are always nattering on, running their mouths, not speaking about important stuff is very patronizing and sexist.
0: Yeah. So I want to tell people about your amazing speech bank where you have all the text of many, many speeches given by women all over the world throughout history. The speech bank is at the website, speakingwhilefemale.co, and it's incredible. How many
1: speeches do you think you have collected in total? I don't even know. I've counted them up a few times, but then I keep adding more. I know there are thousands, but I'm adding more. Honestly, almost every day I'm adding one, at least several a week. And I find them in all sorts of places. And it always makes me profoundly happy to add them. And I'll tell you why, because every time I add one, I feel like I'm saying to the editors of those anthologies, take that, take that. Take yes. That. <laughs> not, I mean, not that every speech given by a woman was historic, not that every speech was masterful, not that every speech deserves to be in the history books, but it demonstrates that women have been speaking. That throughout history, women's voices were in existence, that women were speaking and using their voices for all sorts of purposes, for advocacy, for reform, to introduce new legislation, to introduce new cultural ideas, to, as I mentioned, you know, to minister to congregations in a religious context. Women have been speaking, but it's so frustrating that the history books pretend as if women were silent. Women were not silent. Yeah.
0: Another thing that I found while doing this podcast. So I started with the wives of King Henry VIII because it's just very interesting to me. And I felt like it was something that I could write about without having to do a lot of technical research because I've basically been doing research about King Henry VIII and his wives my whole life, watching documentaries, reading that sort of thing. But when I started writing the episodes, I used Wikipedia to find out dates because as much as I love history, I'm not the biggest date person. I could talk about events, but date-wise, I'm like, uh. (laughs) But these women who ended up being Queen of England, a lot of them, their birth dates weren't even recorded because at that time, people who had daughters didn't record the birth because they were daughters. So every episode, I'm like, yep, don't know when she was born. They think it was this year, you know, and
1: it just, oh boy. Do and- you know, April, I am so focused on women's speech, but I was not aware until I'm going to say it was like three months ago. I went to see Six, the musical. Yes. And it was after Six that I was reading online because there was a scene. There was a scene in Six with Catherine of Aragon in which she gives a speech. She pleads with her husband for him not to abandon him, not to divorce her. And her speech is very plaintive and moving. It's emotionally moving, but dignified, and it's enacted in six. And I went home and looked onto Wikipedia, and sure enough, it's kind of well known, well within you know within small circles, within small historical circles. Catherine yes. of Aragon's speech. So right away, I added it to the to the website. Yes, I love it. Did you Did you happen to look to see whether Catherine of Aragon's speech was there? I did not see it in the speech bank,
0: but um, I did talk about the speech in the Catherine of Aragona episode I did.
1: There's also a speech by Lady Jane Grey, who wasn't... Was was she a tutor? She wasn't married to Henry, but I think she was a tutor. She
0: was...
1: I don't believe she was an actual tutor.
0: I think she was a steward, if I'm correct, which I... Please don't quote me
1: on that, but Right. She was sent to the scaffold. Yes. Yeah. But she, we have a speech by her. There's a speech in recorded history that she made when she was on the scaffold. I love it. So this speech bank is so
0: thorough and it's divided into specific categories. There are 39 different categories of speeches that range from topics like anti-slavery to education to public policy to women's vote. So I highly, highly recommend that you go check that out.
1: I'll tell you what has been really gratifying is I've had some scholars, some academics, a few of them who've said to me that they learned something by looking at my speech bank. And that made me feel so good because I'm absolutely not an academic. I have a master's degree in English literature, nothing to do with really the history of oratory or rhetoric. So I'm a popularizer. I'm not a scholar by any means. But- Some academics who are in the field of history have told me that by seeing all the speeches laid out like that, new insights have come forward. There are new ways to compare speeches, to compare women, to compare movements, to compare oratory at different times, and also to make transnational leaps, for example, ideas expressed by women during the American Revolution period. And then they traveled over to France. And of course they traveled through England and the continent, and then over to Australia, New Zealand. New Zealand was the first country to um, allow women to vote or in which women gained the right to vote. And then of course, suffrage spread from there when inspired other countries. So it's very interesting to see all those inner connections. The other aspect or the other category that I've heard from scholars about is the anti-slavery one. I've had some people tell me that it was a revelation to them to see how many black women were speaking out using their voices uh, against slavery. And also how many white women, mostly white Christian women who were appalled by slavery and weren't passive about it. They actually stood up and used their voices at a time when it was at great cost to them, at a time when they were criticized. Many of them, their reputation suffered because of it. Many were called prostitutes and whores just because they were speaking in public. No one could believe that a woman would speak in public for any other reason than disreputable one. Any any virtuous woman would stay home and keep her mouth shut. So when women went out into the public sphere, it was a great risk sometimes physical harm women were attacked for speaking yeah. so when you realize that these women spoke out anyway then you appreciate the bravery that was required yes so out of all the speeches
0: you've collected do you have any favorites could you even have any favorites
1: well That is a question I get asked most often. If there's any (laughs) question, everybody wants to know is, do I have a favorite? And I always refuse to answer because how could I? I mean, how could I? They're all part of a whole. They all tell an unfolding story. And I'm talking about specifically in my speech anthology, my brand new speech anthology. They Uh tell an unfolding story through the decades and... It's almost like a piece of woven tapestry or fabric. If you pull out one, the whole thing wouldn't be the same. So no, I don't have a favorite. I always say my favorite speech is the one that I added to the speech bank last night. And I just, yeah, I just added two speeches by uh, Mormon women, early, early Mormon women. In fact, the mother of Joseph Smith. And I'm thrilled to have them because before that I didn't have any Mormon women in the religion and belief section and mormon women were speaking mormon women were speaking out and i would not even have known it had i not received an email from a gentleman who heard about the speech bank he teaches at a private mormon school in utah and he said my students really you know love the speech bank but they were puzzled about why there was nobody reflecting their faith in there so Right away, I had to rectify that, of course. I mean, I had to drop everything I was doing and rectify that because they're right. They should be reflected there. Women of every faith reflected there. Sure.
0: So was there any particular woman or event that stuck out to you because you weren't able to find the information about it? Why did it
1: stick out? Oh, yes. There's lots of women who I've searched and searched and have not been able to find their speeches. And the ones that are so frustrating are the ones who I know spoke. I know they spoke and I haven't found them. And the reason why is because either the records are just gone or they're sitting in some attic somewhere or in a trunk somewhere, or right. they exist, but no one really cared enough to value them and reprint them. So for example, there were quite a few Latino women who spoke Nina Otero Warren was one, for example, and there were there were a number of uh, Latina women who spoke in New Mexico, in Arizona, in the teens and 20s, and I know they spoke, I've read about their speeches, some of them gave speeches in Spanish, some of them were published in Spanish language newspapers, and I just haven't gone to look for them, because I don't have access to those newspapers, and I don't know that my Spanish is good enough to find them, so I'm actually putting out a call for anybody who could help me find them. But those aren't the only ones. There were indigenous women. There were black women and white women who were itinerant preachers. Harina Lee was one. She was a black woman in the 1820s who traveled around America on all the back roads and spoke to communities preaching the word of God. And we don't have a record of what they said. Hardly. We have just a handful. Um, there were, there like I said, there were more on women there were women who were free Baptists, there were um, almost every denomination, there were Methodists, and they were inspired to go and share the share the word of God. And we just don't know what they said. And it's Quaker women, it's just crushing to me. It's crushing to me that we don't have their words. Yes. So Donna, you've written
0: a book, Speaking While Female, and it's available right now at speakingwhilefemale.co. There's a link. You can buy it there. It's also going to be available on Amazon as of June 6th. So it's a collection of 75 speeches that you chose from your speech bank. Of all the speeches you've collected, how did you manage to pick the 75 that made it into your book?
1: Well, that's a good question. And it wasn't easy. Um, But I do want to uh, correct or just nuance something you said. Not all the speeches in the book came from the speech bank. That's because I didn't have the right to publish them. Speeches are protected, um, at least the more recent ones, are protected by intellectual property rights. And there are people, rights holders, who own the rights to that content. And quite a few, I think there's like 20 speeches in the book that I had to seek permission to publish. So you will not find all the speeches in the book in the speech bank. And another point is that there are two speeches in this collection that have never been published in full before, to, to my knowledge. And one speech that hasn't been published since the 1890s. So in more than a century, in 120 years. So those are two points that make the book really something special. You cannot find all those speeches anywhere else besides in the book.
0: Well, thank you for clarifying that, because that is really good information to
1: have. I I wasn't aware of that. Thank you. So I created a spreadsheet, and I started at the beginning, and I started, I knew Anne Hutchinson was the earliest example. She was um, part of the Puritan colony that lived in Boston on the, well, it's now Boston, but it used to be the Shawmut Peninsula, and her testimony at her heresy trial in 1637 is in the book. And then the book goes all the way through American history. It goes through the colonial period, the revolutionary war, and then the early 19th century and the temperance movement, the early women's rights movements, labor, um, the fights for labor, the civil war. And then of course, after the civil war during reconstruction, And women fighting women speaking out um, during that period for starting to speak out for women's rights and then suffrage World War One World War Two civil rights so every major period in American history. It touches on women were speaking in all those periods, and women were making a difference with their voices. They were changing the public debate. They were their ideas were influencing how we saw issues and how we thought about issues our ideals our institutions. And our values were all shaped by these women at every point in American history. Yes. And I think it's
0: so important to have a book like this available because it's such a good example for the younger girls and the generations that come after us that, that yes, we do, we do have a history of women speaking. And even if we weren't as out front, we were there. We were speaking this whole time.
1: We were speaking. Women were there. I'm so glad you feel like I do. I really think you got it, April. And I'm so privileged to be able to talk with a kindred spirit.
0: Oh, I'm so happy to talk with a kindred spirit. I wanted to tell you a story. I guess I've always realized that women were missing out of history. And I think the very first beginnings of an idea for starting a history podcast started percolating in the back of my mind when I read the five by Halle Rubenhold, The Untold Lives of the Women Killed by Jack the Ripper.
1: I'd heard of I Jack don't the Ripper. Know
0: about that. No,
1: thank you for telling me. Oh, it's such an
0: amazing book. I'd heard about Jack the Ripper, you know, ever since I was a child, but the story was always about him and the mystery. And what I'd heard about his victims was minimal, like basically maybe their names and the fact that they were all sex workers. This novel speaks about the victims and tells the story of each of their lives, and it was the first time I'd ever heard the story of their lives, and it blew my mind that their story hadn't really been told until
1: this and book. No one thought to tell the story. I mean, no, no one ever thought that they merited a full examination of their lives and what they were all about. It really is sad, and it's yes. infuriating, and it's sad. Yes. And this little light bulb
0: went on over my head like, oh my gosh, it was such a normal thing to not hear these women's stories that it had never even occurred to me that we didn't know their story. I I hope that makes sense.
1: It makes perfect sense. And I think you and I are very similarly minded. And I hope we can persuade some of your listeners to think the way we do that there's a vast treasure trove of information out there that's just waiting to be explored and uncovered. Yes. And it's so important. And
0: and another story that I have about just missing history and how important it is to keep tabs on it and keep records and make sure that it's talked about is the Tulsa Race Massacre. I'm a complete history nerd. I seek it out. I mean, I'm someone who watches historical documentaries in my spare time for fun. Like...
1: (laughs) Well, and- I do too. So we're the same. And <laughs> and I have some speeches by I think two women from the Tulsa race riots. Did you see that? No. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. I There's do. so
0: much that I've I missed those, but I'm definitely going to be checking. Yeah, because-
1: they they just gave speeches not long ago when there was a commemorative event and two of the women were still living and I and they were published. I think they gave testimony in Congress and I included their testimony. Oh, that is so important because I, I watched the HBO show
0: Watchmen and it starts out with a scene in 1921 and Tulsa is being attacked. And I don't know if you're familiar with the world of the Watchmen, but a lot of it takes place in an alternate universe. So I was watching this literally thinking that this attack on Tulsa I was seeing was something that took place in this alternate universe.
1: Not realizing it was a real event from history.
0: Yes. I thought it was something the writers of the show made up. So after the episode ended, I went online to see what people thought of the show, like the message boards. And as I was reading comments, I was like, wow, some of these people are commenting like they think that attack on Tulsa really happened. So I Googled it and was absolutely horrified to see that not only was it something that actually happened, but it was something that, as such a history nerd, I'd never learned about or even heard about. It really upset me that something so horrible and so impacting, like the Tulsa Race Massacre, could happen
1: and just sort of be erased from history. April, I can tell you have a long history ahead of you in terms of what you have to learn about because it never ends. There's so much to learn about and appreciate about. It just never ends. The more you get into historical research and topics, the more the world unfolds, the more you can make connections from one period to another, the more you tie things together, it becomes richer and richer and richer. So I really am so happy to see you starting on this journey, or you're not just starting. I really am happy to see you um, well on your way on this very absorbing and important journey. Well, I think that what you've
0: done, your project, is a big part of that recording history, making sure that people aren't lost or forgotten in history. And I just think it's so, so very important.
1: Thank you, April. I mean, it's really a pleasure to talk to you and thank you for being a champion. And I predict that one day you're going to start a project something like this, too. You've got the, the drive and the, the certainly the energy and you care about it as deeply as I do. So we really are cut from the same cloth.
0: <laughs> well, I hope you don't mind, Donna, but I'm going to end this by reading a quote from, well, you. Donna said, At the top of my list is the desire for more women and girls to use their voices and speak out, bolstered by the knowledge that we do have an accessible and inspirational past. It's because these women spoke out then that we are able to speak out today. I can't tell you how much I love that and how grateful I am for the time that you took to talk with me today. Thank you so very much.
1: What a pleasure, April. It was really terrific to be with you.
0: It was really wonderful to speak with you. And you, your project, and your book are incredibly inspiring. And you're more than welcome to come back anytime. Thank you so much. So that was my conversation with Donna Rubin. There are no words for how lucky I feel to have had her as the very first guest on my podcast. Donna, you have definitely set a very high bar. Don't forget to check out Donna's speech bank on her website, speakingwhilefemale.co. There are so many wonderful speeches there that I spent hours just reading and still managed to miss the speeches Donna mentioned in our conversation. The Catherine of Aragon speech, the Lady Jane Grey speech, as well as the speeches given by survivors of the Tulsa Race Massacre. I missed those speeches that Donna mentioned on her website, because there's such a wealth of information there that I was absorbed by other speeches. Honestly, I blame the days for not having enough hours in them. And while you're at SpeakingWellFemale.co checking out all the amazing speeches there, be sure to buy a copy of of Speaking While Female, 75 Extraordinary Speeches by American Women. Let's keep lifting women's voices, not just during Women's History Month, but all year long. Our daughter's daughters will thank you. So that's it, that's the episode. Thank you so much for listening. You can reach me at dorkypod at gmail.com. Let me know what you think of the podcast. Let me know if I left something out or got something wrong, or let me know if there's something in particular in history that you'd like me to talk about. There's also a Facebook group called Dorky Podcast and an Instagram at Dorky Pod. Join them and be part of our growing community, but also to get extra tidbits about episode topics like facts and pictures. Also, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you're hearing it. It helps the podcast grow, but more importantly, your feedback will help me make this a better podcast. Until we meet again, friends.